The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. My name is Greg Moraz and I am going to be your host on this new venture here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you and I'm excited to get started on this venture talking about the Chicago Bulls. First off, I want to give my thanks to Dan Besbris, the assistant GM of HoopBall.com for allowing me onto this network. This is a network full of great basketball minds and podcasters and quite frankly, I'm just happy to be a small part of it. One of the reasons why I want to talk about the Bulls is that I was raised in a family that were Bulls fans. My dad is from Chicago. He is a huge Bulls fan along with a whole host of other Chicago sports. I went to college in the Midwest and I was basically raised a Bulls fan through my entire early life. My first memories of NBA basketball were the 1998 NBA Finals, watching Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen go against Carl Malone and John Stockton. Those Bulls and Jazz Finals were really my first conscious nature of basketball. And then I remember those 04, 05, 06 teams, the ones that had the likes of Kirk Heinrich and Ben Gordon and Ben Wallace and a host of other characters that got to the playoffs but were never anywhere elite. And then you got to the Derrick Rose years and his Rookie of the Year campaign and the hiring of Tom Thibodeau and the Derrick Rose MVP campaign and what was one of the greatest seasons I can ever remember as a sports fan, the 2010-2011 season. But then the entirety of the Bulls franchise changed, and I remember exactly where I was. I can tell you exactly where I was when the entire state of the Bulls franchise changed. I was at a place called Myers Tavern. Don't worry, I wasn't drinking beer at the time. I I was also not 21 yet at the time. It's a restaurant in this town, Buffalo Grove, Illinois, about 35 minutes north of where I went to college at Northwestern. Why do I remember that so distinctly? Because everybody's watching in this place. Everybody's watching the Bulls and Sixers first-round playoff series in a strike-shortened season. And Derrick Rose goes down. And the entire place went silent. And nobody knew how to react. And it was at that moment where the course of the franchise changed forever. And the saddest part about it is that nobody knew it at the time. The Bulls despite Derrick Rose's injuries, would have the emergence of a guy like Jimmy Butler. They would make playoff after playoff under Tom Thibodeau. And then, in what I truly believe at this point in hindsight to be self-sabotage, the Bulls fired Tom Thibodeau because he couldn't get along with president of basketball operations John Paxson. They brought in Fred Hoiberg, who they thought could run a more up-tempo and highly advanced offensive system. That failed. 
They had brought in veterans like Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo to try and get that team to the playoffs back in the 2016-17 season. And in their first-round series against the Boston Celtics, they almost got that playoff win. But then Rajon Rondo went down after the Bulls won the first two games of that series, and it was all over but the crying. Dwayne Wade was bought out. He left for Cleveland the next year, and the Bulls went into a rebuild, a rebuild that is now in year three. Hoiberg was fired in the middle of last year in favor of, ugh. And this is where it really gets bad for me. And this is where it really gets bad for a lot of people that love the Chicago Bulls. They replaced him with assistant coach Jim Boylan, who, in his only other head coaching experience, pro or collegiate, failed at the collegiate level at the University of Utah. He went four years there and was fired after that time. Bulls brass like Boylan because he's a mouth for the front office. But by all accounts, he's not an NBA coach. He's nowhere close to an NBA coach. He had a mutiny against him in his second game on the job last year. He would have his teams run wind sprints in practice like they were in high school again. And the Bulls got blown out by 50-plus points in a game against the Boston Celtics last season. To make matters worse, they didn't even consider a new coach for this upcoming year, even though Boylan was the interim. They just said, hey, Jimbo, we're going to give you a contract extension, and you're the guy. Why? Because he can get along with John Paxson. And in a season where Paxson comes out preseason and says, playoffs are our expectation, it has been nothing but an abject failure. So as we start this venture here on Hoopball, I want to give you my state of the Bulls. And if you want an example of that, go back to the first take set on the Friday of All-Star Week. Max Kellerman asks Zach Levine if he's confident that John Paxson can build a winner. Levine sort of stutters at the question, tries to defend the organization, and the fans behind him start booing. They're booing Paxson. And then the fire Garpax chants, referring to Paxson and GM, the second-in-command Gar Foreman. And that's all the national stage needed to know about the way that Bulls fans feel right now. From what I see it, the Bulls are an extremely flawed organization that has a combination of overpriced veteran talent that is not as productive as they want it to be, nor is healthy, and young talent that you might have to pay soon that isn't performing up to expectations. The guy I want to start with first is Laurie Markkinen. Markkinen was the seventh overall pick a couple of drafts ago in the 2017 draft, and he has severely regressed this season. In his rookie campaign, Markkinen played 68 games, started all 68 of them. He averaged 15.2 points per game, and he averaged 7.5 boards. Last season, his sophomore year, he averaged 18.7 points per game, which is almost 19, and he also averaged 9 rebounds. Markkinen couldn't stay healthy, though, last year. He only played in 52 of the Bulls' 82 games. And so far this season, he has been out with an injury since mid-January. But in his 46 games played, he has severely regressed. 15 points a game, 6.5 boards. His three-point shooting percentage has also gone down. He shot 36% from three in his rookie year, 36% last year, and 34% so far this season. Granted, not as 
big of a drop-off, but still, when you drop off in points per game and you drop off in rebounds per game, for a guy that you feel like is supposed to be ascending and that is also supposed to be a cornerstone of your franchise, that's absolutely disturbing. The one guy on this team right now that can do anything is Zach Levine. But the problem is that the Bulls have such an antiquated offensive system and don't have guys that can make plays or shoot threes for that matter, that Levine has to effectively play iso ball and take everything into his own hands. And it has been visible this year from his body language on the sidelines and really the way he's acted in huddles with Jim Boylan that he's frustrated with how this year is going because it's all on him. They have a starting point guard in Chris Dunn who is going to be a restricted free agent after this year, but he can't shoot worth a lick and everybody is questioning the future of him in the organization. You have a second-year post player in Wendell Carter who was a stud by all accounts coming out of the draft in Duke and he has been completely boilant. He has no idea how to space the floor. He's a guy that's a great shooter and a great passer and he hardly has a chance to do any of those. And Carter is also hurt. So that's a problem. You have a rookie in Kobe White who could be a good scorer in the league, but again, you don't know exactly what he is at this point. You've got Thaddeus Young signed to be a veteran to hopefully lead this team to the playoffs, and he's barely getting any rotation minutes and wants out of Chicago as quickly as possible. You traded for a max player last year in Otto Porter that's missed most of this season with a hip injury. So there's a lot of dead money there that you're not even having a chance to use, and that's really your one free agent acquisition. And the reputation of the Bulls around the league right now is so bad that no free agent is going to want to go there. Now, some reports came out over the weekend, mainly from the Sun-Times Joe Cowley, Chicago Sun-Times Bulls beat reporter Joe Cowley, that Bulls chairman Michael Reinsdorf is looking around at new executives. However, these executives are not going to outright replace John Paxson and Gar Foreman, but rather Foreman and Paxson will move into new roles, and the role for this yet-to-be-potentially-hired person has yet to be determined. I think a lot of Bulls fans are clamoring for a coaching change, also known as actually hiring a legitimate NBA head coach. The Bulls are in the nine seed right now in the Eastern Conference, but that means almost nothing because they're so far under 500 that a playoff appearance is not going to mean much because they'll get to the playoffs and get swept in four games by the Milwaukee Bucks. But anywho, that's the state of the Bulls right now. They are an organization that is a rudderless ship. But if they do make some changes at the top, then there could be a rudder to that ship, and there might be brighter days ahead. And hopefully, we will share brighter days ahead this season with you here on the Hoopball Chicago Bulls Podcast. This has been a Hoopball presentation.